Welcome to the Beyond the Boards podcast. Your home for all things hockey. Let's get started. Here are your hosts, Dan Coover and Dylan Terry. We are live here. I'm in the beautiful Sunshine State, which is owned by the Tampa Bay Lightning. It is indeed owned by the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's right. The Tampa Bay Lightning has swept the Florida Panthers. Um, and Dylan, what's the point of winning the President's Trophy? Like, is it at this point, do teams, should you even want to win the President's Trophy? I think that's the, that's the million dollar question. At this point, man, I don't even see what the point is of even trying to win it because evidently the playoffs are a whole different testament compared to the regular season as has as it's been shown since, what was it, 2013 when my Hawks won the Cup was the last time a President's Trophy winner went on to win the Cup. And then you just see all these teams that, like, are just there throughout the regular season that are in the hunt, but they're not, like, ultimate contending teams and it seems like at least one of those teams flies under the radar throughout the regular season then come playoff time they're an ultimate threat just like the kings in 2014 coming in as an eight seed and then they go on to win the cup so um yeah i, I if <laughs> seems like it's kind of like the madden curse with football really get on the cover of madden then next year you're, you're going to get hurt if you win the president's trophy in the NHL, you're not going to go anywhere in the playoffs. So yeah, since, since it was first awarded in the 86 season, only eight of the teams have won the cup who have, who have won the president's trophy. So that is a pretty low number and it hasn't happened since 2013. And there's been some pretty embarrassing losses. I mean, I, I'll, including a lightning sweep, the lightning one in 19 got swept by the blue jackets one of the worst weeks of my life. Didn't the Hawks do something similar? I can't remember if they won the President's Trophy in 2017. It was. I know we were definitely first. The in Hawks the Western were first Conference. in the West, but they didn't win the President's okay. Trophy that okay. year. Okay, I couldn't remember because I remember we yeah, got swept in that, the first round by Nashville. But that was. I know we were in the hunt for it that year. The Capitals but. won the President's Trophy that year and lost in the second round. Gotcha. Capitals won two years in a row, lost in the second round, both years to Pittsburgh, who went on to win the cup in both years, both of those years. <laughs> so it's, it's a weird trophy, man. I just don't know. And I like, listen, and we'll talk about the series. Like the Panthers literally only scored three goals in the series. The team scored over 300 goals in the regular season. They scored three goals in the series. A lot of that was because Andre Vasilevsky was on his head the entire series. Um, a lot of it was also because they were apparently out at strip clubs. You're going to say uh, they scored about 3 as many. Score about as many goals as they did girls in one Yeah, night. I mean, listen, Tampa is a great city known for strip clubs. I'm personally not really a strip club guy. It's not my cup of tea. I've never been to one. But I know Tampa is known for the strip clubs. So people who are, I guess, opposing teams who come into town, they come to strip clubs. All right? They come to strip clubs. And the, the Panthers knew they were done. They knew, like, hey, we're down 3-0 in the series. I don't even blame them. Like, they shouldn't have even bothered showing up Monday. <laughs> Dude, can you imagine the reaction that Joe Thornton gave 
when he found out oh, that a lot of the team was at the strip club. That they were benching him for Ryan Lomberg. <laughs> oh, my God. And but anyways, like, just being a vet, it's your last chance to win a cup, and then you find out the rest of your team is dicking off at a strip club till 3 in the morning the night before an elimination game. You know yep, how pissed I, saw, I would have been, dude? Oh, I so been pissed. Livid. And, like, again, the series was over. I don't think that that matters, but I just think it's, like, when you look at the Lightning, what I've noticed about the Lightning is that they're willing to do anything it takes to win. Mm-hmm. They're on the precipice of a three-peat. They've made their, their sixth conference finals in the last eight years. They're on the brink of a three-peat, right? And they're blocking shots, and they're getting in shooting lanes, breaking bones to, to, to block shots. The Panthers haven't won shit. They've won one series in in – 25 years basically and they're like no we're good we're good they like the effort there was no effort from that team there was no want there was no desire so honestly if i was if if there's like to to the one panthers fan out there you should be pissed you probably care more than the team does so here's one for you do you think the lightning sweeping and getting all this time off before the next or the other series is decided do you think that could help or hurt the lightning it's going to help big time you think it is well yeah this is a tired team we are tired we are banged up they blocked a lot of shots against against the panthers and braden point gives him more time to get back healthy true i forgot about so this is a good thing for the lightning i saw posts what was it I think it was last night or something. It was like breaking news. Braden Point is returning for games five, four, five, six, seven <laughs> of the series. It was so funny. Yeah, me. I saw that one too. That got me. I'm like, oh, oh, wait. But yeah, but honestly, like Tampa, Tampa, like, listen, whether we win it, win it again or not, I'm thrilled with this team. You know, I want to obviously win it, but we six conference finals in eight years, you know, potentially going to our, you know, Four Stanley Cup in eight years. Like if we if we can make that happen, I'm I'm gonna be thrilled. So you watch, um, you guys will get fucked out of it just like the Hawks did in 2014. You guys yeah. will have like some random goal bounce off of a defenseman's yep. shoulder because game because seven you guys would have won it. You guys would have would have three peated. You would have yep. three peated definitely because we so, would have cleaned the Rangers. Yeah. Now I'm not saying like Carolina and the Rangers, they they could give us a tough matchup, but I I I really don't think either one of those teams is going to be the Lightning. We'll get more into that whenever yeah. we determine who who's going to actually you know play. But the experience level about, is not even comparable. Yeah, it's it, it's not. Let's talk about the uh, the Battle of Alberta though, because this series has been banana land. Um. So Dylan. The, the Oilers are up three to one. Connor McDavid is like setting records every night. Um, is, is McDavid good enough to just completely will this team? Stanley Cup, potentially. I don't know. I won't, I'm not going to say Stanley Cup. I would like them to make it to the Stanley Cup finals because um, if they do, um, the third round pick that we acquired in the Duncan Keith trade becomes a second rounder. For us, so I would like to see them make it to the finals, but I don't think Connor McDavid single-handedly can carry them all the way to the finals, especially when you got to go through either St. Louis and or Colorado teams that thrive on all-around good play. Um, I just don't think McDavid can 
carry him all the way to the finals, especially with the way Mike Smith's been playing and the Oilers yeah. goaltending has been. It has that, been that goal dreadful. he let in the other night, Ryan Nugent Hopkins bailed him out because he would never have heard the end of it where the Calgary players scored from the opposite blue line. Yep. Like, that's the thing. And that's the sad part for the Oilers is that McDavid is good enough to will them through. It looks like two rounds. They're up three to one. They're most likely going to be willed through this second mm-hmm. round unless a complete collapse happens. But Mike Smith back there. Now, granted, he's got a 931 save percentage in these playoffs, which is insane because it doesn't look like that when you watch him play. Because it looks... It looks like every save is an adventure. Yeah, because he had but like what, what was it? Game one, he had like three goals on twelve shots or something for yeah. his cold or something. Game one was a complete, just crazy show of a game. But I mean, it's just it stinks for the Oilers because it's like you have literally a, a a hockey god in in man form, right? Um. In, in Connor McDavid, but I don't know how you're going to get past St. Louis or most likely Colorado. I just yeah. don't see how it happens. I don't either. No way. Was so, that goaltending like that? No way. McKinnon will torch that goaltending. McKinnon, Rant. I mean, Colorado, McCarr, like, mm-hmm. Colorado is loaded. So, but it, I mean, either way, it's been a great series. I'm not going to lie. I'm shocked the Oilers are up 3 1. Same. I mean, I kind of am and I kind of am not. Too, at the same time, because I, I'm going to give myself credit. I'm going to give myself a pat on the back. I always know that Calgary chokes in the playoffs. I said it before on here. I said it, too, that, yeah, Markstrom, he had a good year, nine shutouts, but there's always a point at the season where Markstrom hits a low, and it's obviously happening in this series. He allowed, what was it? Um, did he, he was in that for all six goals, wasn't he, in game game one? I believe so. I think so. He was. Yeah, he's just been shitting the bed this period or the, this period, this series as well. Um, it's been a battle of whose offense can generate more goals. Um, last couple games, I don't think Johnny Gaudreau has been doing that great in the last couple games. I haven't heard much of. He's another him. chronic playoff choker. Yeah, I haven't heard his name so much the last couple games. Um, here, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna look back here at the games. Yeah, last game Johnny Gaudreau did not even have a single point. Yeah, he hasn't had a point in his last two playoffs. All right, so he yeah, I'm not tripping. I just series. wanted to, just wanted to fact check myself before I look like an idiot in front of everybody. But um, it's a big year for him too, because as we will we'll probably touch on a little bit later in this episode, he's gonna be he's an upcoming UFA. So. Uh, if he wants to get paid, he's got to be able to prove that he could play in the playoffs. And that's one big thing that he hasn't been able to prove this far. So, um, yeah, like I, I'm just giving myself credit. I know the Flames are always going to choke in the playoffs. So I had that one spot on. So, yeah. Yeah, no, they did. And, 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 and it looks like they are. So um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, man. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in that series because I'll tell you what, man, I will tell you what, it is going to be just a, (laughs) it's going to be a wild finish to that one. I have a feeling. Um, Let's go ahead and talk about the St. Louis Colorado series. Um, Some been a weird series. 
Um, the whole Kadri Bennington situation. Um, so first off, let's talk about that situation. So Dylan, I want to know, what did you think of the play between Kadri and, and Bennington? Honestly, dude, I didn't even really see it. I just know everybody on social media was going crazy about it. And that's, and I knew Bennington threw a water bottle at Kadri, but I honestly, I might've seen it, but I forget. Well, that's what I mean, dude. Like I might have seen it, but it, it wasn't bad enough that I even remember what happened. It wasn't so, a bad play. So Bennington, he does this it. shit all the time. Like, remember, didn't you didn't he try to fight the sharks goalie? Yeah, he tried to he slashed somebody's stick, then he went to like hit somebody in the head, and then he went tried to fight Devin Dubnik as he was going off the ice, too. Insane. And Kadri, listen, he's getting to, like, death threats. and so It's like, guys, like, are we serious about this? Like, are you kidding me about this? And, like, Dude. I get that Kadri hasn't been an angel throughout his NHL career. But, like, are, are, are you kidding me? Like, with, like, threatening him and his family over a fucking hockey game? Exactly. And over something that fucking stupid. Like, it's not even like he got suspended for the hit or anything. Like, No, because it wasn't a bad – it was like he was going for the puck. It's just typical Blues fans overreacting, dude. As a Hawks fan, not, I'm not saying all you Blues fans are fucking shitheads, but a lot of you are because I've read your comments on social medias before. And uh, holy shit, some of these Blues fans have less brain cells than a freaking Lake Trout has. So, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, like you said, Bennington, he always bitches and moans all the time over stupid shit if he literally focused on making more saves than he did bitching about everything he probably wouldn't uh, lose his starting job the rest of this playoffs but uh i know he's what didn't he didn't he get well, he's hurt, hurt or something now, he's, but, fucking, yeah, he's yeah. hurt that's why he's not starting but but still i mean he's he's just a noted scumbag yeah and like i've said on the podcast here before his save percentage has declined every single year since his rookie season so like i said if he if he freaking focused on making saves and shut up and didn't uh, cry about everything, maybe he would uh, still be at the Vesna caliber uh, goaltender he was in his rookie season. Yeah, and then I also want to talk. Last night, I mean the the Avalanche had the Blues dead to rights, mm-hmm. dead to rights, and they gave up three third period goals. Yeah, they were up three nothing, weren't they? Yes. They yeah. gave up three third period goals. The Blues end up winning five four. So from that from that standpoint, like the Avalanche, if if you're the Avalanche, you can't lose this series. You've never made it past the second round with this core. You've been one of the best teams in the league for like five years now. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you got to find a way to get through this series. And talk about a ball buster to fourth line grinder Tyler Bozak scores. Yeah. The game-winning overtime goal. I'm not gonna lie, I didn't a even former know he was alive still. A former Maple Leaf legend as well. Yes, a true <laughs> Maple Leaf legend. Almost um, made it out of the who, first round. Coincidentally, is not golfing like <laughs> the rest of his. But side note, I saw you retweeted somebody who's like Mitch Marner and uh, Austin Matthews came into my golf club. <laughs> they they were super nice. I was like, that is incredible. Um, <laughs> and just, oh. like, that is absolutely incredible. 
But yeah, um, yeah, Avs got to get it done. They got two more chances, but um, tell you the Blues are going to give them all they got. That's for sure. Yeah. All right. Last series, um, the Rangers and, and Hurricanes here. So the Hurricanes are completely inept on the road. Mm-hmm. I like like they're not winning the Stanley Cup this year because they can't win on the road. It's insane to me how bad yeah. they are on the road. Yeah, I out of all the games, I think I've. I mean, honestly, I haven't even really watched much of this round either, but I think out of all of them, I've paid attention to this one the most. And every time you flip a game on and it's at MSG, the Canes just look lost. Like, there's they're getting no shots on that. They're not even challenging Shesterkin. And it's it's just baffling to me how they can be so dominant at home and just so lackluster on the road. It's, it's I, I don't even understand it, dude. The Rangers – the other day and credit to the Rangers, dude. Some of those goals they scored, the, the, the what was it last? I think it was the last game, dude, or two games ago, maybe. I don't know. I just remember seeing the one that Kreider sniped from like literally no angle at all. That was a good shot. Credit him because I hate his guts. So I'll give credit where credit's due. But um, yeah, dude, it's not looking good for Carolina. And, not, and that's uh, another reason why I think that they will uh, get defeated by. Tampa in the finals because obviously they can't win on the road and Tampa is so dominant at home. So, yeah, I think I, I, I personally would rather play the Kings and the Raiders for a variety of reasons. Um, but I think the number one reason for me being that the Hurricanes can't win on the road and the Lightning can. So we'll steal at least one from them, at least one from them in Raleigh. Rangers, on the other hand, you know, if Shesterkin gets hot, yes, Vazzy could also get just as hot. Um, you know, I just watched him on Monday night save 49 shots and shut out. But, you know, I'd rather deal with Antti Ranta than Igor Shesterkin person, personally. <laughs> well, Call yeah, me crazy. Of, it's kind of a no-brainer. Deal with Antti Ranta. Call me. Vesna finalist, yeah. <laughs> call me, call me old fashioned, but I'd rather deal with like a career backup than, you know, as a winner. So, um, cause I really think goaltending, I'm a, I think goaltending is the biggest X factor in playoff hockey. For sure. I on that hill. Um, I'll absolutely die on that hill. So just ask the Leafs. Yep. Ask the Leafs, ask a lightning fan. I mean, we don't win the last two cups and, or the series. We don't do anything without Vazzy. So that's just how it is. You know, that's just how it is. Um, but either way, I, you know, I, I think how these series all end for the ones still going, I think the Oilers are going to pull it out. I think the Avs pull it out. And I, I, I'm going to pick the Rangers. I think the Rangers will pull it out. Yeah. I, so. I, yeah, I don't even know, dude. Some of them are so close to call. I've kind of given up at this point. Like, I haven't been – in the loop as much as I should have been considering we have a goddamn hockey podcast, but um, I just kind of like look at the scores, look at some of the highlights and when the Hawks get eliminated, I pretty much uh, don't really pay attention to hockey. Them see, that see much I, I watch like I'm, I love the playoffs more than like anything. Yeah. Um, I probably watched the least amount of regular season hockey I've ever watched this year just because I was very busy. Um, but I, I watch the playoffs like every night. I just love the playoffs. See, you're in the glory days right now when your team is good and just beating everybody. Yeah. 
And pretty soon, dude, in about another five to 10 years, you're going to be right where I am right now. <laughs> yeah. But like, even when like we weren't like the only series I really didn't watch was the Bruins Columbus series in 2019, because all they talked about was the sweep and I couldn't physically handle it. Like I'll admit it. I won't even cap on that. But like, since I started really diehard watching hockey in like 2012, I've watched the playoffs extensively. I just love the playoffs. So um, whether my team's in it or not, now it does help when your team is in six of the last eight Eastern conference finals. It doesn't hurt, but I just love the playoffs. I just love them. So. I used to love them. Now I'm just kind of, yeah, it's there. there. It's whatever. Yeah. That's just, you sound like a, uh, like a Hawks fan who's been just beat brutally beaten down by that awful organization. So. You know who uh, else should be brutally beaten down? Oh, who are you going to say? <laughs> that Bruins reporter that came up with that mock trade. I oh, my God. So, so legally speaking, I don't think you could say that. Um, <laughs> you're, you're joking, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, yes. I'm completely joking. but You don't actually mean that. <laughs> <laughs> but, dude, that was literally one of the dumbest trade proposals I've ever seen in my life um for those of you who don't know a Bruins reporter I don't even remember what his name was if that tells you anything but he created a mock trade the other day in which Chicago would send Kirby Doc to the Bruins in exchange for Jake DeBrusque and Brandon Carlo all right I think this is just a time of year we're bored writers who are just trying to get some clicks just bring stuff together because that's that's completely stupid you think like if the hawks are rebuilding why would they trade their third overall pick from 2020 i think it was 2020 he was drafted 2019 whatever year kirby was drafted but anyways they're 2020 yeah 22 year old third overall pick from like three years ago but yeah let's trade him for a 25 to 26 year old Jake DeBrusque, who is pretty much a third liner. I mean, he's had flashes where he's did good, but he's been predominantly a third liner throughout his whole entire career. And a 25 to 26 year old Brandon Cartwell that has been pretty much second, third line defense his whole career. Please tell me how acquiring two middle aged guys that have been wildly mediocre throughout their whole careers is going to help a team that's looking to rebuild. And in the process, you're trading one of your top prospects in your system. That's young. That is literally the dumbest. If the Hawks make that trade, they're literally the dumbest team in the NHL. So, yeah, I, I, but there's no, there's no actual grounds to that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that's just some stupid writer coming up with some stupid thing. You know, it's not, there's not actual rumors. Um, but what we wanted to do today was just look at some of the pending UFAs and try to play the role of some of those stupid writers and maybe just talk about, I'm going to throw out like maybe five, five of the biggest names. So you, can we agree? Evgeny Malkin, pretty big name, right? Kind of a big deal. Mark andre Fleury, kind of a big deal, right? Johnny Hockey, kind of a big deal. Philip Forsberg, ever heard of him? Yeah, and, and 
<laughs> so, I mean, this, this class is loaded, this free agent class. So for just a few of them, we could just, we don't have to spend a ton of time on each of them, but why don't we give a landing spot for each of these UFAs? Um, and we could just kind of talk about if they're going to move or not. So I'll start Evgeny Malkin. Do you think he stays in Pittsburgh or like, do you think Pittsburgh finally says, you know what, we have new ownership. We have a new team. We're going to hit the reset button. I mean, dude, he's got to stay in Pittsburgh. He's been there ever since he was drafted. I I have a feeling Malkin, he's been injured over the past few years, as everybody knows. Um, I feel like he's just going to take a cheap deal and stay in Pittsburgh, I would imagine. But he's got his cups. He's got his MVP awards. He's pretty much got everything he's – that there is to play for in hockey. So I don't foresee him wanting to go. I mean, every player, I guess, would want to win one more cup before they retire. But at age 35 and in his injury history, I don't think he's going to end up anywhere else. So, yeah, I, 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 have to agree I have to agree with you there. Um, all right, Mark Andre Fleury. Dude, this, you put me on the spot with this one. I'll I have put no you on clue. the spot with Flurry. <laughs> I've got a couple takes. I've got a couple um, takes for Flurry, dude. Glad you do because I have no clue what Flurry's going to do this coming year, dude. It seems like so he might retire. Yeah, it seems like the last like two or three years, he's the R word has been haunting him. But yeah. evidently, it seems that he comes back for another year, another year, another year. So I do. It's hard to say with him. Because obviously he's a family man, doesn't want to move his family. That's why I was surprised that when the Hawks traded him, he was willing to go to Minnesota. Because, I mean, I guess Minnesota is not that far from Chicago, but I did, didn't foresee the Hawks even trading him, considering uh, he didn't want to move his family again. So maybe he goes to a team that's a central division team that's contending. Um, Minnesota obviously was seemed to be a good fit, but evidently – they got toasted by the blues. So uh, I don't know, dude. It's hard to say with Flurry. I've got I've got I've got a hot take. I, I he returns to Pittsburgh for a year. I see, I could see that happening, but then he's gonna have to move his whole entire family again, I think. Yeah. Because wouldn't you wanna just end up in Pittsburgh, the storybook ending, living in Pittsburgh where you're you I'm just saying grew the, up. Pens, the pens are gonna read because Latang's a UFA too. If yeah. the Pens are going to re-sign all their old guys, why not bring their old guy back, you know, on a cheap deal? You don't have to pay him a lot of money, probably two, three million. He'd go play there if he wanted to play there. And, and honestly, you could use the money that if Malkin re-signs from his cap hit, you could use it to sign Flurry. Yeah, like that's so, the thing, like, because Malkin's not getting 9.5 on his next deal. Like, there's no, no chance. So, like... Maybe if they say, you know, we want one more run at this, let's bring let's bring back Flurry just for all time's sake. Like, mm-hmm. that could be a good time, man. That's that's all I'm gonna say there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about Johnny Hockey. So we we've talked about his playoff struggles. He's he kind of shrinks in big moments. There's been rumors throughout the years that like, hey, you know, maybe he's not gonna come. You know, he's not gonna stay in Calgary forever. You know, the Flames might want to move on from him if he can't get the job done. But, Dylan, do you think there's any chance he leaves Calgary after this year that he just had? 
he just had like the best year of his career. Yeah, dude, I was just looking here. I didn't even realize he had 115 points this year. Holy, like fuck. that's like an incredible freaking year, especially at a 6.75 cap hit. That's yeah. nuts. Um, if you're Calgary, obviously you're going to want to keep him, but for the amount of well, I guess we got a loaded free agent class, like you said. If you're Calgary, um, there's plenty of other options out there that you could think about. Um, it seems like a lot of the guys on this free agent market are relatively older, so it's kind of it's kind of weird. But uh, if you're Johnny and Calgary keeps choking all the time, I mean, like you said, Johnny chokes himself, but I'm trying to think of this with the mentality that Johnny himself would have. I would want to get out of Calgary. Calgary just, like, like I've said, They'll cruise the regular season, choke either first or second round every single year. Um, maybe Johnny, the U- U.S. born uh, talent himself, wants to come over and play for a team in the U.S. market. Um, yeah, I could see he's an American. Maybe he goes and plays for the Devils. Maybe they offer him a bag of money. Dude, I could see him coming and playing for like the Dallas Stars or something. Because yeah, the Stars. Oh, man, that's weird. Because I feel like they're in an awkward spot, the Stars. Yeah, I don't know, dude. I'm just trying to think of it like a middle of the pack, like borderline team that could afford him slash contend slash kind of. I, listen, not, I like, like what like the Devils team, are doing. I like I, what the Devils are doing. I do, but I feel like with him in their top six, it would kind of be top heavy for the Devils. I think they could spend mm. that. I think that with but the I money think you need top heavy a little bit. Well, yeah, but if, if I'm the Devils, I would want to invest more money in my defense because I mean you already got a lot of guys up front that can play at a pretty high level. With Heshare, Hughes is going to be a beast, like he was proving this year. Well, like um, if you look at their team, right? They they realistically speaking, they maybe have three defensemen worth keeping on that team. Yeah. Yeah. Like in Hamilton, Severson, and Graves. Yeah, and I, I kind of forgot that PK is a free agent too. So I mean, PK, yeah, he won't be the, back. There's they no could chance. just use the they could just use the cap space from him to sign Gaudreau pretty much. So you have Jack Hughes locked up forever, basically. Um mm-hmm. yeah, if he's sure locked up forever. So, so there's really no dynamic winger on the devils. Mm-hmm. Like there's no like Sharon Govich, I like him but he's not, like, dynamic. Yeah, he's not um, pretty much top two lines, I wouldn't say. No, he's not. So, you know, it's uh, – he's – you know, so it's it's just I, – I feel like, you know, maybe, uh, you know, bring it in. Like, I would make a push, that's all I'm saying. Him or Forsberg. We'll talk about Forsberg in a second, too. Well, that's what I was just going to say with Gaudreau. Maybe – if Forsberg leaves Nash- Nashville, Gaudreau maybe goes to the Preds. I don't know. True. I could – I could. what was that? Yeah, true. That could happen. Oh, I thought you said for who. I'm like, it's not a trade. Yeah, it's no, a free agent. No, no, no. Like, that could <laughs> happen. But, yeah, because the Preds, they don't really have that stud winger either, especially if Forsberg leaves. They're not going to have Forsberg any – Forsberg leaves. Hardly. He is their stud winger. That's it, it, Exactly. So. And uh, the Preds, I mean, it, they could probably work things – out. They got a lot of young guys in their lineup that could come in and step in. They got Trent in there. Um, they got Eli Tolovin or Tolvanen or whatever the hell his name is. 
And uh, they got a couple of young guys in that lineup that uh, they could wiggle things around. They got Cody Glass there. They could they could probably get by with making their bottom six not that expensive, so they could probably make room for Goudreau. I could see that happening. So maybe that's another potential uh, suitor right there is, is the National Predators for Goudreau. Yeah. Um, big time. Big time, dude. I'm with you. Um, side note. That Philip Forsberg trade, uh, the Martin Erat for Philip Forsberg trade, that might be the worst trade of all time in NHL history. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> it's it's one of them. It's yeah. I was gonna say the sod straight up for Panarin one was kind of uh, that's pretty bad too. Yeah, but it's not it's not like Martin Erat for Philip Forsberg back like yeah. That is unspeakably bad. Yes. Um, right. But I think I think Nashville I, – something tells me they're going to keep it. But Nashville's in a weird spot too, man. Mm-hmm. Like there's some teams like – like Nashville is in a very, very, very difficult situation. The mm-hmm. Wild, weird spot. The Stars, they're in a weird spot. Um, the Penguins are in a weird spot. The Jets. The Blue Jackets, like the Jets. There's all these teams It's like they could – like they're – so like potentially just stuck in like mediocrity where their ceiling is like winning around. Mm-hmm. I so would say like, dark do you horse. Just keep trying to build that, or do you, or do you just blow it up and start over? Yeah, I would say a dark horse to be added to that list too would be the San Jose Sharks. Yeah, at times this right. year they were looking like they were going to make the playoffs, and then other times they look abysmal. So, but the Sharks they kind of have some like, like they have no cap space. They have virtually nobody coming off the books. You have mm-hmm. Eric Carlson signed until he's 50 at $11.5 million a year. Like, do you look into trading Brent Burns this offseason if you can? Like, you have so much money tied into three defensemen. It looks like they got, like, $27 million, almost $27 million bucks tied into Eric Carlson, Brent Burns, and Mark Edward Vlasic every year. Yep. And Carlson is a complete shell of what he once was. He's just a complete shell of what he was. I would even dare say that Burns is a complete shell of what he once was, too. Yeah. Past I mean, season. right, right. He's not who he was. So it's like, do you trade Brett Burns? Do you trade Logan Couture? Like, I would say, yeah, you probably do trade Logan Couture. Because Logan Couture is still 33. You know, he's still pretty, you know, um, pretty young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he can get the job done, but he's obviously not going to play at the level he once was. No, he's not one. maybe the Logan Couture from five years ago. But, you know, this year he still had 56 points in 77 games. Like, he can still help a contending team. I think if you surround him with better talent, he's also going to produce better results too. But mm-hmm. he's not the Logan Couture from 2019. was like his last really dominant season. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, but – I think this might be the time where it's like, okay, well, you know, like the Sharks, they're in just a really, really interesting spot. Um, you're right about that. Because Dude. I don't know, like, like, because they can't, they're, by the time they're good again, all their old guys are going to be retired. Yeah. Dude, I just saw something too. Did you know Darcy Kemper's a free agent after this year? Is he really? Maybe Flurry goes to Colorado. Maybe Flurry goes, but oh, but they're, but cap they, space wise, yeah, I know, but I don't know. They have cap do. space, Colorado. They do have cap space, but like they have. I don't one, know. Hold on, one, two, three, 
four, five. Yeah, they got to resign. Padres a free agent, so nine, ten, eleven, twelve UFAs on the team, or twelve UF or ten UFAs and two RFAs. Maybe maybe they let somebody go. I don't know. Jesus, I didn't even know half their lineup was pretty much gone. I would say you could let Cogliano walk, so that could be some money saved right there. Um, oh, they yeah. have to pay McKinnon coming up too. Some yeah, that's the thing. You're gonna have to like take if because if I'm Nate McKinnon's agent, I'm like, hey, buddy, he played at a discount for basically for four years. Yeah. Um. And um, if I'm him, I'm saying I want 12 million bucks a year. I'm saying I'm doubling my salary. So. Yeah. Especially if Miko's getting like nine, like that's right, right. Like Miko got nine. Um, Miko got nine because, uh, you know, like because because he plays with McKinnon. Like, let's be real. Yeah, pretty much. So I don't know. I think the Avs could maybe make it work, but they, they might be able to make. It'll, but yeah, it'll, but it'll be. But I'll tell you, this is going to be an interesting offseason, man. Like, this is going to be a really – because the cap's only going up by a million. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you, teams, when they structured some of these deals four or five years ago, these longer-term deals, they probably thought the cap would be at, like, 87, 88 million by now. Yeah. And so it really is hampering a lot of teams' ability to do business. So mm-hmm. fucking COVID, man. We'll, get, we'll get to see a lot of uh, Stan Bowman deals probably coming up here by some probably. teams. Probably shipping out a prospect and some thirty-year-old that has a cap hit of about seven million for a third-round pick or something. Yep. So it'll be it's fun. crazy, dude. <laughs> All right, man. Nashville Predators banner of a week. Oh, have anybody? Uh, you have anybody off the top of your head or no? Yeah, I got one. Um, this is to the um, my banner is to the Mons Venus, world famous nude strip club in Tampa. Um, so shout out to them. You're um, you're getting my national predator this week. I heard that's where the Florida Panthers were. Um. So I appreciate their dedication to the three P. So they're they're getting my banner. Uh, dude, I think so shout out to Anthony Declare and Aaron Eckblad or whoever was apparently there. <laughs> I think my banner is going to go to Kadri, dude. He's proven that he can finally knock on wood, make it through almost two rounds of the playoffs without getting suspended, plus having to deal with all those hate messages and. Bennington trying to piss him off and stuff. He's kept his cool so far. So credit Kadri for actually uh, using his brain for once and hopefully it results in good things for him. I've always I'm kind also, of liked Kadri a little bit. So yeah, yeah. I've always kind of thought he was a scumbag, if I'm being honest, but like what people are doing to him is it's too far. He's a good hockey player. I've always thought he's a good mm-hmm. hockey player. But come on, like people really exactly we don't gotta be mean. Like we don't gotta threaten the guy's life. My, I have one more banner. Like, by the way, like, shout out to people who leave reviews for strip clubs. Like I said, I'm not a strip club guy. I've never been to one. But I'm reading 
I could just Google the strip club that I heard they went to in Tampa. There's so many reviews. Oh um, <laughs> that's kind of a, you imagine you're just like sitting down and taking the time to review a strip club. Um, I couldn't, but um, you're like at the strip it, club and then like one of the dancers like threatens to like kick you out or something. I'm gonna give this place a shitty review. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I'm 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 gonna really really give the rip this place a new one on Yelp. but you know so um dude i wonder yeah people that leave those reviews have like fake names on there dude what if their spouses like see shit yeah oh my god yeah it's it's like it's crazy but john doe right dude Uh, if this is it's insane but um, but yeah, man. So anyway, that's our show, though. Um, we we love it. We got got to love it. The Panthers, man. I just I can't believe what a poverty franchise the Florida Panthers are. <laughs> it's just so beautiful. That's my closing thought today, dude. I They're was just, just so gonna, poverty. I was literally just thinking about it. I know one Florida Panther that wasn't at the strip club. Oh yeah, which one? You can probably guess it because he's homeless. Ryan Lombard, he was outside the strip club. He wasn't there. They wouldn't let him in. <laughs> he was like, they outside. went up to the club and they're like, wait, this guy plays hockey. He was outside and by the dumpster. They're like, no, come like, on. He doesn't with a soup can, like, spare yeah. change. Spare, spare change. <laughs> they just left him. They just, like, left him. That's what you get for not back-checking on the Ross Colton goal. <laughs> Oh, oh my god. Man. Crazy shit, man. Crazy shit. But yeah, that's our show. And um thanks for tuning in. Sorry, my voice is a little bad, but it's coming back. So oh yeah, I was gonna have one last thought too. Sure. Um I did read today Brock Besser's dad who had dementia is as the post said, taking his last lap around the ice. So uh his dad's close to passing away. So that's sad. Yeah. Shout out to Brock Besser and his awesome family right now. Yeah. That's it's, terrible. It's, yeah. I, we all know how emotionally gotten that one press conference. So it kind of yeah. breaks, kind of broke my heart today to see that. So uh, sending our best wishes to Brock Besser. So yeah, but definitely very somber. That was one last uh, final thought I wanted to throw in. So. Awesome. Well, thanks still for sharing and uh, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning into today's episode of the Beyond the Boards podcast. If you enjoyed it, we hope you will leave us a rating and review as well as subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Find us on Instagram at the Beyond the Boards podcast, on Twitter at Beyond underscore boards, on Facebook facebook.com beyond the boards podcast and on tiktok at beyond the boards podcast